Night to night. Why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. The show is Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. The host tonight, not Jonathan Peterlin. It's Spencer German filling in for JP, which only means one thing, folks. Any guesses? Anybody got any guesses? It means it's a Hot Take Friday here on 92 Through the Fan. That's right. 10 p.m. I want your hot takes. Bring the heat tonight with us. We do it every time I fill in on this show. It's a hot take Friday. Can't wait to get there. I got a whole list of them. I know Jake Murrin, who's doing the 2020s tonight. He always brings the heat with his hot takes. There's at least one crazy one about food. I'm sure he'll have something. And I'm sure Jax, I know Jax is working on it. He's working on it. He'll be there by 10 o'clock. I promise you. But we're excited about it. Hope you are as well. 216-474-0092. If you want to jump in throughout any point of the show, we got a whole bunch of different things to talk about on the eve of Ohio State, Penn State. We obviously got the Browns this weekend, which is a big, big topic of conversation right now. I want to get to the Cavs, hopefully. They're currently in action in their final preseason game. So it is a jam-packed night here in overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. But I do need to start, first and foremost, with the news of the day, which is that Deshaun Watson back on the practice field again, full participant today, progressing towards playing. I get it. The the conversations throughout the day divulged into different things like, oh, do you think the Browns should err on the side of caution and not play him this weekend? Or if he's ready to go, do you trust him when he says that? And, yeah, you want him to be out there playing no matter what for the Browns. Should he play? Should he not play? That was what the gist of these conversations were. It's the Colts. They're a rebuilding team, so... Yeah, maybe you don't need him. You can beat him with this defense. You just beat the 49ers with this defense and P.J. Walker. Why can't you do it against the Indianapolis Colts? And I agree. That's probably pretty fair. I'll get Listen, I'll just get out of the way now. Formalities, right? If Deshaun can play, he should play on Sunday. Too much at stake this season. It's the, uh, as, as the saying goes, F around and find out. Well... You don't want to have to do that on Sunday by just being like, hey, you know what, let's just trot our team out there and we don't need Deshaun Watson and find out what happens. Like, no, you kind of need that win. It's an AFC opponent. It's a team that already beat the Ravens, mind you, and so that could certainly play into your hand a little bit in terms of tiebreakers if you beat them later in the season. So you need this one. Deshaun can play, he should play. Boom, done. Got it out of the way three minutes into the show. We can talk about that more. If you want to call in and, and talk about it, you're more than welcome to. Also on Twitter, at Spencito underscore. But the conversation I want to have with you out of the gate here in relation to the entire Deshaun Watson saga, because I think now that we finally have some clarity and it finally looks like he's going to be playing football, maybe not Sunday, but at least soon, I would imagine if he was a full participant today, listen, Kevin Stefanski will play the comments for you here next segment. He said they want to see in the next 48 hours what Deshaun Watson feels like, if he is okay physically, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. So either way, 
it seems like he's at least trending towards, if he doesn't play this week, he's there on the 29th, next weekend, next Sunday, for the game against Seattle. Okay, cool. Glad we got that figured out. That's what it seems like, at least right now, unless there's some setback between now and Sunday or next week, right? Okay. Now that we have that clarity, now that we are starting to see Deshaun take the steps towards playing, make the progress that he needs, he's out there throwing the football, the functionally ready versus medically cleared, he's starting to be more functionally ready. Great. I think we can kind of sort of breathe a sigh of relief here. We can. It feels like a weight sort of off of our shoulders as followers of this team and as supporters of this team, it, it feels good to be able to say, okay, cool, we're, we're trending in the right direction, Deshaun should be back soon. Great. And I hope that at some point we're able to sort of just, I don't know if laugh is the right word, but sit back and laugh about this whole thing because, guys, it has been Deshaun Watson's shoulder watch for the better part of four weeks now. And we've debated back and forth at nauseum on all four shows on this on this on this station what needs to happen and should Deshaun have played and in that Ravens game and why was the organization very vague about it? Why didn't they know more details and why didn't they have a better game plan for Dorian Thompson Robinson? We went back and forth and back and forth on all these different things and ultimately it's got us to here where now that he seems almost ready to get back on the field, I hope that we're able to just look back and laugh at this one day and say, oh, you remember those days where we thought the worst thing in the world, the sky was falling because Deshaun Watson's shoulder was injured. and We thought he would never play the rest of the season. He wasn't going to play the rest of the season and that the organization was just complete turmoil. And then they went out and beat the 49ers. Ha! Good times. And then he was back the next week and, and all was and all was good. They made a deep playoff run. I hope that that's what happens, and I hope that we can sit back and laugh about it. But I do wonder, in all this, if your faith in the organization has been more shaken or boosted from everything that we've seen transpire. A better way to word it probably is this. When you walk away or look back on this entire situation surrounding Deshaun, assuming, again, he's going to play here in the next couple weeks, do you feel more confident or less confident in the organization as a whole and their decision-making than you did before? 216-474-0092. That's the question I have for you out of the gate here because I, I, I've, as I've thought about this, it's, it's been truly sort of a waffling moment at, at points for me because on one hand, they went out and they beat the 49ers shorthanded, riding the coattails of an elite defense, and they looked absolutely dominant doing it. And and to me, like, your biggest fear in all this was, as you heard things coming out of the locker room about players who seemed frustrated that Deshaun didn't play in that Ravens game. And you wondered if, you know, they were going to lose the team and the way that they were sharing information and what was actually going on behind closed doors. it, it It had to have you worried. I think I think a number of fans felt that way for sure. But on the other hand, I still have questions about one well, here's the thing. Kevin Stefanski 
basically told on himself earlier this week when he was asked, or I guess it was last week, technically. He was asked if Watson can't, if Watson can't play, but you are maybe expecting him to going into the weekend. Do you have to have two game plans ready? And he basically said, like, no, you don't have two completely different game plans because that's hard for the guys to remember. But, you know, you just make some small adjustments and some things, and guys kind of feel, you know, you, you come up with something that kind of suits both people, and you roll with the punches and you make. But he basically admitted that, yeah, it's my. He said flat out, I, I buried the lead. He said it's our job to get the guys ready for whichever quarterback is going to be out there. He said that. And it didn't look like they did that in week four. And you wondered about if he was going to have that same, if he was going to have P.J. Walker ready going into last weekend. He did. Team was ready for that one. And that's where you sort of feel a little bit better about things and the way that this all transpired, even though it was a complete debacle and it would have just been clarified if the, uh, if the organization was more up front from the beginning. You feel better in that the team didn't quit on Stefanski, the team didn't quit on Deshaun, they went out and won that game, and now they have this overwhelming sense of belief that they can beat anybody on any given Sunday with that lines up across and them in between the lines, and that's a massive, massive thing as the season kind of winds on here. On the flip side, though, like I said, I still have those questions about why there wasn't maybe a better situation for Dorian Thompson-Robinson a couple weeks ago, and why you traded Josh Dobbs, when you had him in the building and you maybe could have had a franchise quarterback, not a franchise quarterback, but a better backup quarterback than what you got right now and a guy who knew your system and was already here and maybe that situation with the Ravens plays out differently if it's Josh Dobbs rather than uh, a rookie getting his first start. One game in the grand scheme of things that is going to make or break everything, it could, but right now that's not the, the big picture and that Ravens loss. But, yeah, like there, there were some questions there. Do you feel more confident or less confident in the organization after the way this whole thing played out? Because, listen, there's been a lot of clown show moments for this team over the years. But I find solace in what happened last weekend on Sunday. I find solace in the fact, and this was – I said it at the end of last year, guys, listen, we know that the Kevin Stefanski should he or shouldn't he be fired is a hot topic in this town, so much so that it, it, it enraged Lima to lose his mind on the radio this week after the 49ers win because people were just calling him back to back to back to back, complaining about Kevin Stefanski saying he needed to be fired after maybe the win of his career so far, his tenure here with the Browns. It made no sense. And I said the same thing last year, like, when everybody was calling in and saying, it's time to fire Stefanski, this guy ain't it. I kept saying, guys, he's probably getting another year because of the context of everything surrounding this season. No Deshaun Watson. You only got him six games. They brought him in to be the quarterback. You got to give him time to work with him. I, I kept saying it. And I said the biggest detriment to that could, that could happen to Stefanski down the stretch here is that he loses the locker room. And he didn't. To his, respect, to his defense, he didn't lose the locker room. They seemed to keep playing hard through the entirety of the season. And so now 
I was wondering the same sort of thing going into that 49ers game. They end up getting the win, and it feels like, you know what, maybe this guy wasn't falling as much as we thought it was. I think what this whole thing has taught me is that you should still – we always need to be skeptical of what the organization is saying publicly. And I and that's that wasn't going to change no matter how this played out or not. I've said that from the beginning. I said it about Baker Mayfield when they were talking about him being the starting quarterback the following year and all these different things. I said, you got to take it all with a grain of salt. And you still got to take it all with a grain of salt. I got questions about overall the handling of this and the messaging of it. I think it could have been done better. They could have had Deshaun speak on it sooner. They could have maybe provided more clarity rather than let it go on and on and on and on and let our minds wander. That's That, to me, is maybe my biggest gripe with this organization is that they do let things just kind of perpetuate, and they don't just address them sometimes, and that's frustrating. But I got to be honest, I like to get hyperbolic on this stuff. We all get sort of high off the fumes and dive right in and want to just hit the panic button and think that everything's bad because we've seen it so many times here in Cleveland with this organization. But I do think that this whole thing sort of showed me, because Andrew Barry kept saying it, Kevin Stefanski kept saying it. They were like, listen, this isn't some smoking gun here. We just, we it's, it's day-to-day. we got to see how he responds to treatment and, and, and how it comes out. And, yes, he missed a longer time than we expected. It was weird that the organization didn't understand the, the severity of it sooner. But I find confidence in, what do we always say, winning cures all? I find confidence in the way they responded without him coming out of the bye against the 49ers where it seemed like this was a team that wasn't just going to crumble because they had some adversity and because we on the outside were letting our minds wander on what the hell could be going on inside the organization. So, yeah, I, I, I walk away from it, and I feel I don't feel more confident in the messaging of things because, like I said, it's always gray area. It's always read between the lines. But I feel better about internally what this organization has going and that I'm more confident in their ability to get through these types of things and go out there and focus on the task at hand. I I, I have to. I have to concede on this one that they kind of prove me wrong here. 216-474-0092. Let's take a break. Big E, Mike, we get to you guys on the other side. It's Spencer German in for JP tonight on 92 Through the Fan. told that there is a Halley building ghost or anything, but I feel like we might be experiencing some paranormal activity in this studio right now. Jax can attest. I Okay. I'm going to set the scene for you really quickly here. And then we're going to get back to this topic on the Browns. So we have two TVs in here. And the chair, well, I guess it, no matter which hosting chair you're in, there's always one on your right and one on your left. The one on the right is a little more convenient for the chair I'm in because you can kind of look right at it while you're doing the show. I want to put the Cavs game on that TV so I can keep an eye on it while we're while we're talking to you and doing the show here, right? And so when the first segment was getting going, I thought it was – was it on when we came in here first? No, it wasn't It was on. off? Okay, so I just – it was because I was in the back and then I came in here. So it wasn't on, but I looked at Jax and said, hey, we got to get the Cavs game on this TV. And I was like, you know what, I'll do it next break. And so then I move over to where the 2020 desk is, and I stand on a chair. Jake's about to do his 2020. I could, like, topple over on him at any moment, and he's just unfazed. 
and I get up there, and I get the TV set up. I put the Cavs game on. I literally think by the time I was sitting back down in this chair, it now is turned off again, randomly, automatically. What the hell is going on? I just wanted to put the Cavs game on this TV. I don't know. Eerie, eerie stuff happened in the Halley building after 8 o'clock on a Friday. And last week is Friday the 13th. If, if it was last Friday, I could have got understood a little bit more. We're a week removed from that now. But we are getting closer to Halloween. So, I don't know, just in time, the spirits are out in full force, I guess. No idea. We're going to try it again. And if it doesn't stay on that time, I'm just going to chalk it up to there's definitely spirits among us right now. I hope they enjoy the show as much as I hope you guys enjoy the show. 216-474-0092. Spencer German with you in for JP. About an hour from now, we'll talk to our good friend Brendan Gulick of our station, but also Buckeyes now. Um, and we'll get his thoughts on Ohio State, Penn State. Coming down the pike tomorrow, massive game for the Buckeyes as they try to stay undefeated against a team they normally do beat, but I don't know, guys. Penn State might have him this year. We'll see. We'll pick his brain on that. Also trying to connect with Chris Manning later in the show. And, of course, we got Hot Take Friday, among many, many other things. But this conversation we're having here out of the gate, as we start to see the light at the end of the tunnel on this Deshaun Watson shoulder situation, is as panicked as he were, as much as we thought this was going to be same old Browns, it feels a little bit different now with that 49ers win added into the picture where maybe we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. I want to play this clip, Kevin Stefanski, today on the possibility of Deshaun Watson playing on Sunday. Yeah, I want to see how he responds over the next 48 hours, you know, based on that full workload that he just got. But he looked good today. We won't work him out. Just want to see how he responds, how his body responds to, again, a full workload today. So there's a chance he plays Sunday. We could be clear of all this. And, again, I understand people want to debate whether or not he should or shouldn't, if they should just kind of preserve him and put him in bubble wrap one more week before things really start heating up after that. Fine. You can have those conversations, and I'm happy to hear your thoughts on that as well. But my bigger question is, like, as we look back on this whole debacle, it felt like the organization was just in shambles yet again and doing the same old, same old Browns type things. But then they go out and they beat the 49ers. And I tell you what, it's uh, it's changed me a little bit. Yes, I'm still going to take a lot of what this organization says with a grain of salt. I still have questions about why it took so long to diagnose. I didn't know it was a shoulder contusion until Saturday night before the Ravens game after he spent all week rehabbing and trying to see if he could throw and saying he was going to play. It was just, like That's bizarre to me. But because the organization went out and got a win... Because they blocked out all the noise, it seems like there's some stability there. They haven't quit on Kevin Stefanski. And so, yeah, I do feel a little more confident that we made a bigger deal out of it than maybe what it was. They were sort of telling us what they could, or I guess at least what they wanted to. And it wasn't the smoking gun that maybe we thought it was that this organization just continues to not get out of their own way. 216 474 Double ninety two. Let's go to Mike in Parma Heights. You're up first in the family. What's up, Mike? Hey, Spencer. How are you doing? Good, good. What's all? What's going on? You know, I was going to say I wanted to say something off the topic, and then I wanted to do something on the topic. But do you guys have to have 
Boomer on all the time on the seven to eight hour before. I'd rather listen to you guys. I mean, the guy brings nothing, nothing good about Cleveland. Didn't even mention our game uh, winner over the 49ers Sunday. I mean, the guy wants us yeah, to lose. I, I hear you, Mike. I hear you. It's uh, I listen. Those are decisions that are above my pay grade. Um, I think when it's football season, we like to get some uh, outside perspectives on there, so that's why they air that show. But I but appreciate you see what this. I mean, though, right? No, I got you. Listen, I, we appreciate that. Obviously, so many of you are loyal to Cleveland, and you want Cleveland sports talk. And I apologize. We get we had to get started uh, an hour later for you tonight. But what were you going to say on okay. the topic of the Browns? Okay, you know it's like I predict everybody laughed at me because I said the Browns are going to be fourteen and three. This was before the year Whoa. started, and I just thought of it because you know this year seemed different than the other years. I mean, we finally have a defensive coordinator. We got all these players. I mean, right now, all all Watson has to do is be adequate. Get us 20, 24 points with no turnovers. We'll win just about every game. I mean, our defense is that good. So you think they're – are you sticking with the 14-3 and three prediction? You yeah. think they're only going to lose one game the rest of the way? Well, I mean, maybe another game, but, I mean, I'm still thinking we're going to win our division. 12 to 14 games, I say. You know, but I think 12, 12 13 wins even is going to get us the division. Okay. And and don't it seem different? Just I mean I don't know how long you've been in Cleveland and that, but I'm sure other you know yeah. fans would agree with me saying that this year just seemed different. With defense wins Super Bowls, yeah, you know I appreciate and, it. And just you know that's all I got to say is because go Browns and boobs for Boomer. All right, Mike, appreciate the call, man. Um, yeah, no, listen, I. Uh, I don't know if I was ready to from the out of the gate say that things are definitely going to be different this year. Granted, I did pick them to go eleven and six, and I said, "Why not dream? If you're going to dream, dream." I shouldn't say dream big. Dream big is fourteen and three, like Mike predicted. But I at least said, "Listen, let's live a little and have some fun. Why not go into a season with some optimism?" And I said, eleven and six, make the playoffs. Eleven and six, make you know maybe make a playoff run. We'll see. But I I felt good about that. I still stand by that being a uh, viable record for them when we get to the end of the season here. Um, and I, I think it's reasonable to have that thought. But I I can't say that I was just like, oh, it's all different this year because I went into the season a little skeptical saying I need to see it from Deshaun. I need to see it from the organization because I've been saying for years they were going to win a lot of games. And they kept, you know, Throw me under the bus and I would just get run over again and again and again. Like it was the same. It was Groundhog's Day. It was just the same thing on repeat every single year. I kept saying and vouching for him and trying to sell everybody on the Browns are going to be good this year. I was telling my I, I, family gatherings, family reunions, we'd be getting all together, weddings. Guys, Browns are going to be good this year. And all my all my family members are laughing my face like, ah, yeah, right. It's the Browns, man. Good luck with that. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. I would tell my friends at the bars, I would, everybody. I was telling everybody the Browns are going to be good. I was trying to draft all the Browns players on my fantasy football teams, and then it'll blow up on my face. So I can't sit here and say that I, I, I it felt different, but I did think the defense was going to be much better. There was conversations on the station about are you more confident going into the season than the offense or the defense, and I flat out said the defense. They, they, remod- they remodeled and remade that thing, and it is legit. And I felt good about Jim Schwartz because I've seen it in person with what he had, what he can do, and I felt good about it translating here. So I, I did feel good about that side of the ball. I didn't know they'd be this good. But, yeah, different story now. Now we have some context to it, and 
This team absolutely, if Deshaun Watson stays healthy and he actually gets back out there, they could definitely win upwards of 12, 13 games. Even with two losses, it's easier said than done. But, yeah, that could happen. Let's go to Biggie in Cleveland. You're next in the fan. What's up, Biggie? What's up? What's up? This is what I want to say. With our coach, we have to stay the course. We have to stay the course. I understand why we don't trust coaches because we had a thousand coaches in the past that didn't get the job done. Mm. But I trust the fancy. I really do. I trust him. He's like a mad scientist. <laughs> he's like a mad scientist. He, he's he's kind of a little bit like, I don't want to say, a little bit like Belichick. I, I, he got that same personality. But we have a winning defense, a historical defense. We got, what, 12, 11 games left? Our offense is going to catch up with our defense. But we have to stay the course with Stefanski. We can't just keep switching coaches, switching game plans, switching playbooks. Mm. We have to stay the course. Well, so, Biggie, I, 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 I agree with you in that clearly Stefanski's been, while he's been here, this has been the most stable the organization has been, and I can buy into that for sure. I also think like it's ludicrous after last week's win to be calling in and saying they got to fire Stefanski, blah, 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 blah. Like he got a signature win. They weren't expected to win. Clearly there's something, something's working if they're going out and winning a game like that where they have no business winning. So I, I agree with you on those things. I do think, though, at times, Big E, there have been moments where it's been fair to question Stefanski in-game decision-making and other aspects of, of what he does and that there is valid reasons to maybe asking the question or wondering if he should be here longer term. That's part of coaching. You're going to make some mistakes. You're going to make some mistakes. That's part of coaching. But we have to, we we can't switch coaches overnight. We have to stay the course. So, okay, we're up against it, but I want to get this in really, really quick, Biggie. If the Browns miss the playoffs this year, and they like fall flat on their face in December or something. They finish, you know, maybe right around what 500 would be, or maybe slightly better than 500. What are you doing? You you stay in the course and keep it Stefanski, or is that the is that the final straw? Because then, I mean, listen, you say stay the course. I I can I can put my head, I can think about that, and I can I can agree to an extent. But you're also looking at a full four years of 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 uh, a body of work here. I'm saying stay the course. Mm. Okay. I'm saying stay the course. Okay, Biggie. I appreciate the call, man. We got to let you go. I don't know if after four years I can just 100% say, yeah, you got to bring it back. As much as I'm sitting here saying I trust the organization a little bit better after this whole situation, I've seen the light somewhat. I, I, I still, I'm not just going to trot Kevin Stefanski back out there if your your best year was your first year and you've aggressed every year after that. I don't know. I'll have questions, but. I, I I can at least follow the sentiments from Big E of you don't just pull the plug to pull the plug either. Nick and Parma will get to you on the other side. I got another question out of all this. Are you worried at all about the offense if Deshaun plays being sort of dialed back or subdued because you can't do fully what you want to do? Or Stefanski, rather, can't do fully what he wants to do. We'll talk about that and more on the Browns when we get back here on 92 Through the Fan.
start your game day with the tailgate warm-up show at 7 a.m. with Mitch Spinell. Then yours truly and Double A, my guy Double A and I, we're going to be coming to you from at 10 o'clock from the Barley House. It's Ken Carmen to join us around noon. You'll get updates from the Brown from Browns Beat Reporter Darren Ryder up until kickoff. Make the Bud Light Tailgate Show part of your game day presented by Valley Automotive Group, the Buckeye Law Group, and Sal's Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Sewer on the road home of the Cleveland Browns, 92.3. On the radio home of the Cleveland Browns, excuse me, 92.3, the fan. I don't know what I was doing there at the end. I was thinking about the next thing I was going to say, which is that I texted double. I was texting with double A today. About the tailgate show on Sunday, because I was I was not I was in the dark on certain details, not in the dark on others. Maybe I just didn't read the schedule fully. That might have been my fault, and I didn't realize that we were doing it as remote. And I was like, "Oh, sweet, this is going to be awesome." And Double A's response to me was, "Bro, we're about to get kicked off the radio." That's how hype he was. He's ready to get kicked off the radio. So if the FCC is listening, I don't know what Double A's got planned. But you better be ready. I'll try to I'll try to contain him, but we are excited. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you guys will join us for the tailgate show uh, along with Ken, who jumps in at noon, and obviously uh, Mitch Spinell prior to. Uh, 216-474-0092, talking about the Browns. Coming up, we got Brennan Gulick in about uh, 40 minutes from now. Talk to him about the Buckeyes battle in Penn State tomorrow. By the way, guys, one somebody's winning by double digits tomorrow. I'm not saying who yet. But we'll talk about it. Um, in the meantime, though, as our Browns conversation continues, I'll play you a clip here from Kevin Stefanski momentarily on just Deshaun's injury and calling the game differently if he does play. Because let's face it, guys. like If he plays the running of the use of him as a runner – Probably not going to be much of a factor. I, I, and, and I don't know how much that worries some fans out there, but it's an element of your offense that you lose. So that could be problematic. How worried are you about the Browns' effectiveness on offense if Deshaun can't run, which has been something that has helped get him into rhythm when the passing game hasn't been working for him? We'll talk about it, but I do want to go to Nick in Parma. He waited patient through the break. Nick, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? Um so, you know, at first I thought, oh, don't play Watson this weekend. You know, like we got the Colts quarterbacks out. You know, we just want a big game. Hopefully that gets the team, you know, more to believe themselves to win for this weekend. But I thought about it, I'm like, you know, I think he should play. Because, like, the guy just it doesn't sit right to me missing more, what was it, a month or more? I mean, that's just a yeah, long about a time. Month. Obviously there was the buy in there, so we didn't miss, like, three full games, but it's been two games and on Sunday will be like literally four weeks since, since the injury. So yeah, you see, I think you should get back in the rhythm, like get warmed up or something, even though it's a game and you're not going to be playing in that level of expectation, but maybe do some plays that aren't going to make, put them at risk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Nick, I'm going to be honest, man. Like that's one of my other big fears with this, with, with his return to the field is we finally, this is part of the problem. We finally got a performance worthy of the Deshaun Watson we thought we were getting uh, in the Tennessee game. And then we had the carpet ripped right out from underneath us because he doesn't play for a couple weeks. And if it took him a, a certain amount of time 
to shake off the rust and get himself reacclimated and start playing more consistently and be that player again, then how do I know that after he misses another three weeks, he's just going to come back out there and look like the guy I did in the Tennessee game? I'm not, there's no guarantee of that. And that worries me. Like, it might take more time here, which is yet another reason why I say, to your point, Eric, play him. Play him against the Colts if he's good to go. I don't want him to get hurt again, no. I'm assuming that they're going to use limit him as a runner, like I mentioned, and so he's going to be at less risk to get hurt anyway. But, yeah, like, I, again, it's it's what I said at the beginning of the season. Is there going to be more shaking off the rush that needs to happen? If so, he's got to hit the ground running and start playing. And this is the perfect stretch of the season to do it because you got the Colts with their backup quarterback. you got Seattle, who's a very good defense, but a team that you can beat, especially with the defense the Browns have. And Deshaun plays at least 75%, 80% of what he is. I think you win that game. And then you got the Cardinals, who are one of the worst teams in football right now. Granted, you are again. Well, they, they, I should, let, me, let me rephrase. The Cardinals are a very scrappy team, similar to the Colts this weekend. Very scrappy. They don't roll over. So, yeah, it's going to be a tougher challenge going out there. to pull, Or I guess they're coming here. My bad. But it's going to be – it's not just going to be a lay down and die and they're going to roll over for you. But it's a stretch of games that you feel pretty good about, and that paves the way for then. On the other side of that, November 12th and November 19th, you got back-to-back division opponents. Those are going to be massive games. You can get him right by then. He's through shaking off that rust again. He's back in rhythm. I'm more worried about that than I am. Well, he missed over the last couple weeks. Fine. It, the, the bye week was one of those games. Great. Fine. Whatever. So, I like, yeah. Play him. Have him get acclimated again. Get through this little stretch here where you're, you have a better shot at winning than, than other portions of the schedule. And then you get those two division games, which are going to maybe be big determining factors in how the rest of your season goes against the Ravens and the and the Steelers in November. I got to have him playing back to what he was against the Titans by then. You got three weeks to figure it out. She had another reason why I say play him. Gerald in Morgantown, you're up next in the family. What's up, Gerald? Hey, how you doing tonight? Good man, good. What's up? Hey, um, a lot of fans I hear they talk about how it's a really long season, but we are getting a games number six and seven um it's going to get to the point now where some of these some of these teams are going to start separating themselves yeah the jaguars are now five and two um if he if he's good to go he, he needs to be out there because uh pj walker isn't that good i mean he, he got us a victory but uh he almost, he's a threw, little he almost threw the game away in the end zone on that last drive he, he's he's a little shaky back there Deshaun watson i mean it, it's time to deliver you got a really good team, and I know it's weak. Some people think that this is still pretty early in the season. You got time to make up for it later, but the Ravens are starting to cook, and, and we got to be right there to cook with them. Thank yeah, you. that's fair. Appreciate it, Gerald. Good call. Yeah, no, listen, you're right. It's easy to sit there in our easy chairs and say, "Oh, well, they got time," and they're three and two. So you're like looking at it even more optimistically, like, "Oh, it's okay. They're three and two. They're above five hundred." They'll figure this thing out with or without them. Don't play them. It's all good. No. like Guys, we're in the middle of the season now. And to that point from Gerald, this is the portion of the schedule where teams start to separate. Teams start to pull away, and you start to sort of realize who they who are the haves and who are the have-nots. And if the Browns want to be a have, they need to show Watson playing well, and they need this team to keep kind of going, and they need to stack wins. 
You can't just throw it away because it's the Colts and uh, whatever. Like, no, that's a, that's going to be a, a big game when it comes to tiebreakers down the stretch of the season. And that's the other thing. You talk about winning games later, like, oh, we got time. It's a long season. Guys, after this, you got two NFC teams. Okay, fine. Maybe you win both those. But then you got two division games. Those are massive. Broncos should win, but again, you never know. You got the Rams who are no slouch. And then you end the season. Your four of your last five games are AFC teams. And they're all teams that you can't really just coast through. The Jags, good team. He mentioned Gerald just mentioned them. They're five and two now. The Texans haven't rolled over the way I think a lot of people thought they would. And by then, who knows? CJ Stroud might be playing even better than he is right now. And then you get the Jets, who, I don't know, is Aaron Rodgers going to be back by Christmas? Probably not. I think that whole thing's just for show. Him being out there throwing the football and all that in the water and then without when his little boot thing or whatever. Like, come on. I don't think he's actually going to make it back in the field. I think he's just trying to give people hope and do his Aaron Rodgers look at me thing. But regardless, the Jets just beat the Eagles this past weekend. Like, you can't take them lightly. And then you got the Bengals rounded out, and by then Joe Burrow always gets off the slow starts. You're expecting he's playing his best. So, yeah, you can say, oh, we'll get the wins later. It's okay. But, no, like this is one that you should have and one that's to be had. You want to you want to win this one, and I and I think you need to show on to play. Two one six four seven four double ninety two. Kevin Stefanski talked about Deshaun and talked about Deshaun and the offense and how things would maybe look different if he is able to go. You worried at all in playing him? which I just said I want to see happen. But are you worried at all about what that means for the offense, which is already sort of struggling and sputtering at times and having a, t- a tough time getting in, in rhythm? Does it worry you at all about what this offense could look like or the limitations that would have if Deshaun is going to play on on, on Sunday, 216-474-9092? We'll talk about it next as we pave the way also for Brendan Gulick to join us at 920 Also, guys, don't let the hate distract from what's really happening here. All that and more coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We got Hot Take Friday about an hour from now, 10 p.m. I want your hottest takes on all things, sports, movies, TV, books, food, everything but conspiracy theories. We want to hear it at 10 o'clock. All that and more on Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here on The Fan.